But hey, I want to share from God's word real quick with you today. But I want to pray. Just ask that God would speak to our hearts. Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word that is true. God, your word that is sharper than a double-edged sword. We ask today that you would speak to us from your word. God, that you would open our hearts to what it is you want us to hear. God, we love you. And we come expectant in this place today. So Lord, I ask right now that whatever it is you want to do in us, that you would do it. God, whatever you want to change in us, that you would change it. God, may we humble ourselves today as we come before you. We love you and we pray all these things in your name and everybody said, amen. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to be reading from there here in a moment. But I want to talk to you. The title of my message today is No Fear in the Light. No Fear in the Light. We're talking about today, the title of this production was King of Light. And I want to talk to you about No Fear in the Light. I came across this research that was done by John Hopkins University. 30 years ago, they interviewed a bunch of high school, or not high school, grade school children. And they asked them, what is your greatest fear 30 years ago? And this was the five things that were listed by these kids. Their number one greatest fear was animals, which is why we didn't have any live animals in our production today. Number two was being in a dark room. Number three was high places. Number four was strangers. And number five was loud noises. This was 30 years ago. They did the same study just a few years ago. And this was the results. Grade school children, but now 30 years later, the number one fear of children was their parents being divorced. The number two was war. The third was cancer. Fourth was pollution. And fifth was being attacked or mugged. How many of you know that life has changed in 30 years? And I would say that we are a more fearful people today than probably ever in human history. Just look at the parents nowadays. I'm a parent. In fact, all three of my kids were up here singing. And I'll tell you, man, I, I don't want to let my kids do what my parents let me do when I was their age. Why? Because I'm afraid. Afraid of what could happen to them. And I think there's a lot of you that maybe came in here today with fear. Maybe you're afraid of, of God because of what you've been told about him. Maybe you came in here and you're afraid of, about your relationship, your marriage. You're afraid that it's going to end. Maybe you looked at your bank account this morning and you're afraid. Afraid about Christmas coming and how am I going to pay these bills? You know, I think a lot of us are, are carrying fear in our life. We're carrying fear. and I think we're carrying more fear now than ever before. And yet we see in the Christmas story that God talks a lot about fear. So let me just go through a few verses real quick where we see him talking about fear. First in Luke 1.13, God is speaking to Zechariah. Zechariah was the father of John the Baptist, the one who set the stage for Jesus, the cousin of Jesus. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You shall call his name John. In Luke 1.30, the angel says to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, 
for you have found favor with God. In Luke 2, 10 and 11, the angel comes to the shepherd and says to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. In Matthew 1, 20, God speaks to Joseph. He says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You see, one of the greatest messages of the Christmas story is for you not to be afraid. For you not to walk in fear. That we would no longer be people of fear, but we would walk by faith. And it's not always by what we see. We walk by faith, not by sight. We believe even in that which we cannot see. And so today, I want to talk to you about living in the light. Because if you live in the light, it means you live a do not be afraid life. So let's read Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to read verse 18 through 25. I have a real Bible. I'm old school. Anybody got a real Bible? Hold it up. These are the extra spiritual people in church. They really love Jesus. Most of you just read it on your phones. I'm kidding. I read it on my phone all the time. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. I want to talk to you today about how when you live in the light, it means you live a do not fear or do not be afraid life. So I got four points for you today, actually. This is going to be a quick, short message. Number one, do not be afraid of the impossible. How many know we serve a God of the impossible? We serve a God that turns the impossibilities into possibilities. We serve a God that can come into your impossible situation, your impossible circumstance, and turn it into something that is possible. He can come into your impossible marriage and turn it from broken to healed. He can come into your impossible bank account and provide just what you need at just the right time. He's a God of impossibilities, becoming the possible. Do not be afraid of the impossible. Joseph believes God. I don't know about you, but I would have had a hard time with this one. Like, God, I'll believe you about a lot of things, but this woman is pregnant. You're trying to tell me it's from the Holy Spirit? I don't know. I believe a lot of things, but that's one that I might have had a hard time with. Anybody with me? Come on, somebody. I'd have had a hard time with that. Like, really? Like, on this one, God? I don't know. Unless the angel showed up as Maury Povich, and he said, look, I got a DNA test right here, and it'll, it'll show you Holy Spirit. That's the Father. 
Like, okay, I, I might have believed him then, but I got to be honest. This was a hard one to believe, wasn't it? The impossible. And yet, he believes. He believes God. He believes what God has spoken to him about her and about this baby. In fact, God actually says something to him. He says, what's in her is from me. What's in her is from me. Let me tell you something today, church. What's packaged as a disappointment may really be your destiny. You see, often we see something and we get afraid because we go, oh my goodness, like, look, look what's happened. This woman, I was betrothed to her. I was supposed to marry her. I haven't known her and now she's pregnant and, and that's horrible. What a disappointment. Can you imagine the disappointment that Joseph felt when he heard his woman, his soon-to-be wife, was already pregnant? Think about the disappointment. I can't imagine the disappointment that probably went through his heart and his head. And yet God says, look, what appears to be packaged as a disappointment is really a setup for your destiny, Joseph. You're going to be father of God himself. You're going to be the father of the Son of God. So I want to encourage you today, because some of you are facing impossible situations. You're facing impossible struggles. You're facing an impossible circumstance in your life. And you don't know. It may be packaged as a disappointment, but God may be setting you up for something greater. He may be setting you up for your destiny. So let me tell you, do not be afraid of the impossible, because our God specializes in impossibilities. Number one. Number two, oh, I came to preach today. Y'all think I'm playing. Number two, do not be afraid of what people might say. How many of you know the haters are real out there? The critics are everywhere. You know, let me tell you something. I'd rather be a creator than a critic. And that's why I love our church. We got a lot of creators in this church. And yet, let me tell you, anytime you create something, the critics begin to rise up. They begin to stand up. And it's real easy to get caught up and worried about what people might say. Like, what if I put this out there and somebody doesn't like it? What if? Do not be afraid of what the people might say. What does Joseph do? He says he decides he's going to put Mary away quietly. Why? Because he, he's a good man. He's a godly man. He's trying to protect her. I mean, could you imagine being in Joseph's situation? In this day, you got killed for this. Like, she could have been stoned to death according to their law. He didn't want that to happen to her. So he tries to put her away quietly. Why? I mean, he doesn't want the neighbors to talk. His boys, man, if, if my boys found out that my girl before I knew her was pregnant, they'd have something to say about it. He didn't want his boys to know. So he's like, I'm going to divorce her quietly. And then God comes in. He says, Joseph, what's in her is from me. You need to marry her. Could you imagine if Joseph was too caught up in what people might say? And what people might think? When, when, when his buddy looks over and says, Joseph, I, I thought you ain't married her yet. Like, I see something. There's a bump. I don't think, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but, but what's, what's happening there? Could you imagine if he was worried about what they might say? What people might think? What's packaged as disappointment may really be your destiny. 
In fact, it may really be God's favor. You see, Mary actually says to God in the, in the account in Luke, she says, God, how, how can this be since I'm a virgin? How can this be since I'm a virgin? And you know what the angel's response is? The first thing he says to her is, the favor of the Lord is upon you. Some of us are walking around in the dark and God wants to put his favor upon us. And we're choosing the dark over his own favor. We're choosing the darkness of this world over the favor of God. I want you to hear me, church, because I believe the favor of God, when you come into right relationship with him, right standing with him, the favor of God is now upon you. And God wanted someone in this place to know that he is for you. He's not against you. He's a God of favor and favorites. And let me tell you, you're his favorite. My kids ask me all the time, who's your favorite? I say, you all are. God's got a lot of favorites, and you're one of them. He's a God of favor. Do not be afraid of what people might say. Some of us are worried what people might say when all the while the favor of God is upon us. He's saying, I'm walking you into your destiny. I'm walking you into your future. And you're worried about what people might say, what people might think. It's easy to be a critic. It's hard to be a creator. It's easy to knock people for what they're creating. But it's hard to create something to put it out there and to trust God anyways. I want to tell you right now, trust God with what he's put in your hand. Don't be afraid of what people might say. Don't be afraid of what people might think. Trust him with what he's calling you to do. Why? Because the favor of God is upon you. I take the favor of God over the accolades of man anytime. The favor of God over the praises of man any day. Walk in the favor. Do not be afraid of what people might say. Number three, do not be afraid of your heart. Everybody touch your heart. Say, my heart. Say, my heart. You know, my, my wife, she's gotten on me my whole life. Somebody give God some praise for wives. She's gotten on me my whole life because she says I'm a robot. She says, you have no feelings. You have no emotions. Why are you such a robot? I mean, I went years without crying. I'm not even kidding you. Never cried. She actually told me one time recently, I think you're harboring something from your childhood. <laughs> I said, maybe you're right. And let me tell you, I still haven't dealt with it. But I will say this, in the last year, I've had this like emotional outburst where suddenly I, I've started to cry. And it's happened multiple times. And even the last few months, the other day, we were with our team and I was talking about what God was doing in our church and in someone's life in our church, I just began to cry. My wife's like, who's this man? What have you done with my husband? Let me tell you, there's something powerful about our hearts, about being in touch with our hearts, about being in our feelings, in our emotions, because God gave them to you. And I think that my children have, are, are the result of me actually starting to feel because as a father, you feel things you never felt before you, you experienced that. And, and, and I've started to feel things and I started to react in, in emotion. And I wanted to say this to you because I wonder how many people in this place are walking around in the dark 
because they can't get out of their head. Some of you in this room have been walking around in the dark and you have this feeling, your heart is telling you that God is real. Your mind's telling you no. But your heart is telling you, sorry, child of the 90s, my bad. But your heart, your heart is telling you yeah. Your mind, because I, I know we got some skeptics out there. I'm a skeptic. My wife will tell you. I'm a skeptic of my nature. And sometimes my mind tries to tell me, like, Caleb, God ain't real. Caleb, this whole thing, how, how could this be? How could God have always been? My kid asked me the other day, who, who, who created God? When did God start? I'm like, he's always been. That makes no sense. I'm like, I know. We're human. We can't grasp it. My mind might tell me no, but my heart tells me yes. My heart tells me there's a God that loves me. My heart tells me there's a Savior that came for me. My heart tells me that there's a Jesus that gave everything for me. My heart tells me that if I know him, my life will be better. My heart tells me that if I embrace him, that I'll have joy and hope and life to the fullest. My heart tells me, but some of you are afraid of your hearts. And you're, you're walking in your heads and God's like I gave you both I'm not saying you throw your mind to the side I still think I'm still a cynic by nature I still process and study and learn and yet when my mind connects to my heart there's this revelation that happens there's this reality that happens this truth that happens and some of you are afraid you're afraid of what people might say. You're afraid of letting your heart take over because you're afraid that God might ask you to do something you don't want to do. You're afraid that God might have you give up that relationship. That God might have you change the way you live. That God might have you do something you thought you'd never do. You're afraid. You're like, I, I don't know. My heart's telling me yes, but what if I do it? Then what if God like wrecks me? Let me tell you, he will wreck you, but it will make your life so much greater. It will make your future so much better. It will make your hope so much bigger. I'm here to tell you, God will not come into your life to ruin your life. He'll come into your life to change your life and to make it even greater. He came to give you life and life to the fullest. Not a less than life, a greater than life. Some of you have been wounded by the church. You've been wounded by some individual. And you're guarding your heart. I want to tell you, do not be afraid of your heart. Because God wants it. God wants nothing more than to come into your heart and to change your life forever. As he's changed mine. As he's changed many people's in this room. And lastly, do not be afraid of change. Everybody say change. Let me tell you, there's few things in life that are realities. Change is one of them. And death and taxes. <laughs> That's the saying, right? Do not be afraid of change. I say that to you. Don't be afraid of change because this baby changed everything. Jesus came to change everything. It actually says in verse 21, when God speaks to Joseph and says, take her as your wife. This baby is from the Holy Spirit. Marry her. And I also want you 
to name him Jesus, it says he will take away and save the people from their sins. This baby, I can imagine Mary and Joseph having their gender reveal. Y'all have gender reveals a lot. I've seen them on, on social media. It's like the thing today. I, we never did one, but I mean, y'all got balloons. You're hitting stuff with bats. I saw a dude dunk a ball the other day. It exploded blue. I don't know what's happening. But, but this idea of Mary and Joseph, they're having the gender reveal. And it says in the clouds, the cloud, right? They, they, they hit a ball and poof, it's blue. Name him Jesus. But then there's some more writing. It's, it says, he'll save the world. This was no normal gender reveal. This was the gender reveal of all gender reveals. This was the gender reveal that would change the course of history. Not only that, we tell time by the birth of this child. Jesus Christ, he changed the world and he can change your life. Don't be afraid to change. I know you might be. But let me tell you, he wants to change you for the better. He wants to change your life for the better. So I'm going to close with this. Last night I had a dream. You guys dream? I don't normally remember my dreams. But last night I had a dream. And in my dream, this hooded figure in all black came towards me. And I was, I was terrified, petrified, mortified. And this hooded figure came towards me and it reached out this old, nasty, decrepit looking hand and grabbed me by the throat. And I woke up and I was afraid and I remembered. You see, I've had this same dream three times. It happened last night. The first time was the week our church started almost six years ago. I had this dream, the same dream. And I woke up terrified. I woke up literally immobilized. I couldn't speak, I couldn't move. I was so full of fear. It happened again like three years ago, right before, the night before our Easter services. And then it happened last night. I don't know if it was the nachos I ate, my hippocampus acting up on me, or maybe it was the enemy trying to scare me. But he should know better by now. That ain't going to work. And let me tell you, I woke up in the night and my wife is asleep next to me. And I was terrified for a moment for a moment and then a verse entered into my heart a verse that God has reminded me of time and time and again it said and I spoke I said God has not given me a spirit of fear he has given me one of power and he's given me one of love and he's given me one of a sound mind and I want to tell you right now some of you are afraid in this place you're afraid to change you're afraid of your marriage ending. You're afraid of your finances. You're afraid of you losing your job. You're afraid of a lot of things. But someone in this place, the biggest fear you have is, is allowing God to come into your life. Because you're afraid of the change that's going to happen. And I'm here to declare over you and to you that there is no better change you could ever have. Some of you are afraid in this place, and I'm here to declare over you what I believe you to declare over yourself today, that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he has given you one of power.
He's given you one of love and he's given you one of a sound mind. He's got greater things in store for your life. The best is yet to come. He's just getting started with you. I don't care if you're 15 in this place or 115 in this place. God's got greater things in store for your life. And today is the day to release the fear and embrace the light. It says in John 8, 12, Jesus spoke. You see, Jesus didn't stay as a baby. We like to talk about him as a baby at this time of day of year. It's Christmas. Oh, Jesus, little baby, so sweet and nice. He grew up to be a man. Everybody say man. I talk about a man's man. I'm talking about a man that gave it all, that sacrificed it all for me and for you. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Some of you have been walking around in the darkness, and you've been dwindling away in the darkness. You've been dying little by little in the darkness. You've been afraid in the darkness. And God wanted to say to you today, it's time to step into the light. The light of life that will change your life. I didn't come to ruin your life. I came to change it for the better. Jesus wants you. The king of light came for you. This baby came for you. He came to change you forever. To give you a future and a hope. So that you can walk by faith. Not by fear any longer. Here's what I want to do. I, want, I don't want anyone leaving. We left some time because we're going to sing one last song. I want you to stand to your feet all across this place. I want you to sing this with us. This song is a song our team wrote entitled King of Light. This is an all original. Come on, somebody. I want you to sing this with us. This song, King of Light. And let this be your declaration to the Lord that you will walk in the light of life from here until forever. Come on, church. Let's sing.